This morning, the title of my message is The Mystery. Don't you love a good mystery? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One person, sorry, one God, three persons. Three persons, one God. One God, three persons. Three persons, one God. You know, I was pretty good at maths when I was going through school. I wasn't that bad. I wasn't a mathematician by no means. But my math was not that bad. But one, three, one equals three, three equals one. A little confusing. A little bit of a mystery. A mystery that's hard to sometimes figure out. This mystery of the Trinity. Now this morning I want to share with you, and I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit about this mystery. You know, we come up with all different kind of analogies that try to help us understand the Trinity, understand the God that we serve, and understand the, the, the who God is, and how does the persons of the Godhead apply to my life, and how, does, how do they work in my heart and my life. And sometimes it's a little difficult to understand, but we, we, we come up with different analogies. One of the analogies that we use so often is the analogy of water. W-A-T-E-R, water, water. Uh, how else can I say it? I, I just told the campus on the west side, those folk that hadn't met me on the west side, as, since I'm not the campus pastor over there, that uh, you know this accent is strictly from the UP, and they all seem to believe me. <laughs> We've got some strange people on the west side, huh? You cross the river and you... Okay, we won't go there. But, where was I? This, this analogy of water. You know, there's this liquid that we drink, you heat that liquid up and it becomes steam, still H2O. And then we've got, of course, this, uh, we've got that uh, wonderful part of water or liquid that we know so well here in Wisconsin as ice. Three forms of the one thing. But no matter how we try to analyze and figure out what the Trinity is all about, and this one God with, in three persons, it's a mystery. And I took some time this week and I looked up in the Webster Dictionary what the word mystery means. What's the definition of the word mystery? Because I'm trying to get my head and my heart around this picture of the Trinity and what it looks like and how the Trinity works in my life and in the life of us at Celebration Church here at the Eastside Campus and each one of our campuses and the lives of people all over the world. How does, what does that look like? Well, the definition in the, in the Webster Dictionary says this. Definition for the word mystery. A religious truth that one can know only by revelation and cannot be fully understood. Another part of the definition says something like this. Something not understood or beyond understanding. I don't know about you, church. I don't know about you, family. But I am so glad that the God that I serve, the God that I'm passionately in love with, the God that I've given my life for, is a God that is way beyond the understanding of Lathan Duncan. Because if I were to understand God in his entirety, if I were able to solve this mystery completely, you know what may happen? There may become a fourth member of the Trinity, Lathan Duncan. And you don't want that, I promise. You know, I love the fact that my God is so big that he is a mystery. Yes, he wants us to understand his heart. He wants us to understand who he is. But there is a part that he will always remain a mystery. But this morning... I want to take some time to help us to understand. But again, we, we love a mystery. 
We, we love a mystery, a good mystery. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's, you know, something, one of those shows that, you know, who did it? I remember as a little boy in South Africa uh, listening to a radio program that came on at 7 o'clock on a Sunday night. There was a mystery program. Yeah, you're right. It was before the day of TV. That does show you how old I am. All right? Now many, I know some of you are laughing. Many of you have been in the same situation. You remember those days too. All right? But I remember sitting in front of that radio and listening to this mystery story taking place. And there were times in this mystery as, as it unraveled and things began to happen in this mystery that it, was, it would so get me caught up in it that sometimes it would put the fear of God in me at times. But we love a mystery. We love to experience a mystery. So this morning I want to talk a little bit to us and share with you and challenge you a little bit of this mystery of the Trinity. I want to try and help to unravel a couple of things about each person in the Trinity and how that applies to your life and my life and how we can walk in the truth of who the Trinity is and who the, the, the persons of the Trinity, how they apply the truth that apply to my life. I'm going to take a little bit more time to focus on the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And the reason is this, that we're in a season right now in the church calendar. We're in a season that we're looking towards Pentecost. Pentecost. You see, after Jesus died and was resurrected, this time, we're, this is the 22nd day, May the 15th today, is, 20, is the 22nd day after the resurrection of Jesus. And when you see in the scriptures that Jesus rose again from the, day, from the dead, he spent 40 days with his disciples. He spent 40 days talking to them. He spent 40 days uh, showing himself to them. He spent 40 days teaching them more about the kingdom of God, challenging them to wait, to wait and finally, on the 40th day, when he ascended into heaven, he said to his disciples, he said, now I want you to wait in Jerusalem. He'd been talking about it before his death, and he talked about it after his death as well, after he was resurrected. And he said to his disciples, you need to wait for this gift that my Father, God the Father, has promised that's going to be poured out upon you. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, came upon 120 people in the upper room. And they experienced God, a supernatural experience with God. So I'm going to take a little bit more time this morning to focus more on God the Holy Spirit and how He touches our lives and how we walk in, in, in that truth. Because on that day, 40 days after the resurrection, there was a group of frightened, insecure, scared disciples in an upper room, not sure what was about to take place. And they encountered, they had a supernatural encounter with God the Holy Spirit that came. God the Holy Spirit. And we want to talk about that today. We need a supernatural encounter with God. Amen? We need a supernatural encounter with God. We need a supernatural encounter with God the Father. We need a supernatural encounter with God the, the, the Son. We need a supernatural encounter with God the Holy Spirit. Each one of us need that today. Now, if you would just look at with me at a passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 14 out of the Message Bible. This is a passage of Scripture that I'm going to use as a basis for what we want to build on today. It's a passage Paul has written to the Corinthians church. And right at the end of his letters, the two letters to the Corinthian church, he's signing off his letter. Kind of like when you get to the end of your letter and you say, yours sincerely, or goodbye, or I've got nothing else to say, or whatever you may put at the end of your letter. All right? Listen to what Paul said. He spoke about this mystery of the Trinity when he signed off his letter to the Corinthians church. In the Message Bible it says this, And may the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, God the Son, 
the extravagant love of God, God the Father, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, be with you all. He's telling that to the Corinthian church. And I believe he's, God is saying that to the Celebration Church, to us here at the Eastside Campus and each one of our campuses. He's saying that to us as well. May the entire mystery of the Trinity touch our lives. In the New International Version, it said this way, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, each one of you, you and me as well. Let's take a look at some of the each one of the persons of the Trinity this morning, this Godhead, this three in one, this one in three. And how does it touch our lives? Let's begin with that first one where it says, the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. Now, there's many of you here this morning that have been touched by this amazing grace. Many of you would sit there and say, yes, I have encountered the amazing grace of Jesus in my life. I have experienced that gift of grace, that gift of God's favor. Even though each one of us are guilty in our sin, Jesus took our sin, and because of his death, because of his suffering, because of his resurrection, because he came and he died for us, he paid the price for you and I to experience his favor, his grace. You see, if it wasn't for God the Son, And this amazing grace, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ being willing to become a man, to live life here on earth for 33 years, to be tempted yet without sin, never sinning, willing to suffer, willing to die, willing to be ridiculed, willing to be spat upon, willing to give his life and die on that cross, willing to be our substitute your substitute and my substitute, you and I would have no hope. Celebration family, that is truly amazing grace. What the Trinity, God the Son, offers us today. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. The writer of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation says it this way. God saved you by His grace. God the Son saved you by His grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. There's nothing we can do. We can't take credit for it. I can't take credit for the fact that I've experienced the amazing grace in my life. There's nothing I can do for it. It is a gift. A gift by this person of the Trinity. Jesus Christ. It's amazing. It's a mystery. Romans 10 verse 9 says this in the New Living Translation. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It requires a confession, a head knowledge, a confession from our mouth, a believing in our heart and embracing with our heart. And as we do that, we are experiencing a supernatural touch in our lives that comes from the person of Jesus Christ, part of the Trinity, part of the mystery. It's available to all, and we need to receive it. We need to receive that grace. Again, yesterday, Pastor Chad from Stevens Point came and shared about how he had encountered the supernatural grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, 
the son in his life. As God impacted him and touched him. Powerful, powerful testimony. I'm sure many of you have as powerful a testimony this morning. But there may be some here this morning that haven't experienced even God, the Son, in terms of the amazing grace that He's wanting to touch and pour out into your life today. What about the second person of the Trinity or the the extravagant love of God the Father? John 3.16 in the Message Bible says this. This is how much God loved the world. This is how much God the Father loved the world. He gave His Son, His one and only Son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Him, everyone can have a whole and lasting life. Now, I don't have a son. I had three daughters. I've got a whole group, a whole covey, a whole flock, a whole, I don't know, whatever word I want to use, of grandsons, and I'm, I'm excited about that with one little granddaughter stuck in there. So I've never had a son. But I can tell you, even having experienced the extravagant love of God, it had been a little bit difficult for me to give my son, to give my life of my son for anything. And yet this extravagant love of God the Father is offered to us. Extravagant love, unselfish love, giving love, but a love that demands from each one of us a response. The love of God the Father is offered to us today. Part of this mystery of the Trinity, it's offered to you and to me today. May the 15th, it's offered to us. And we need to take hold of it and receive it. Now, dads, let me talk to you just for a quick moment. All right? I know it's Father's Day in a couple of weeks as well. But dads, I know that sometimes this understanding of, because of our relationship with our earthly fathers, sometimes it's difficult for us to understand this person, this God that we serve, God the Father and His extravagant love. I want to encourage you. Allow the God to reveal to you what it means when He talks about having this extravagant, unselfish love for you. And even as you portray that love to your children, because many of the children, many of your ch- our children, will understand God the Father as they see it being played out and acted out in the love of their Father here on earth as well. It's a challenge to you fathers here today. Let's look at the third person of the Trinity, this mystery of the Trinity. It says the intimate friendship or fellowship in one translation of the Holy Spirit. Okay, what does that look like? What is the Holy Spirit? What does that look like in our lives? What does this mystery look like? How can I experience God, the Holy Spirit, in my life? If the Holy Spirit dwells in my life, there's a number of things that should take place and be a part of my life. Let me begin with the first one as a challenge to us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11 in the New Living Translation, it says this. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, it's good. It's a good thing that I'm going. All right. Because if I don't go, the advocate, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go away, then I will send him to you. And listen to verse 8. Listen carefully. And when he, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Church, family, it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. 
It brings conviction, the nudging of the Holy Spirit that brings you and I to a place of realizing, I need God. I need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I have sinned. And there's nothing I can do to work my way to God. I need God. It's that Holy Spirit that's in your life that's nudging you, that's causing you to to desire that and to come to a place of realizing I need God. Again, many of you have experienced that, but there's some here today that are still needing and are feeling the nudging of the Holy Spirit, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Before we enter into the relationship with Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit that's nudging you. But also when we are born-again believers, and as we continue to walk in our relationship with God, it is God the Holy Spirit who nudges us. Part of the mystery of the Holy Spirit that nudges us and brings conviction in our lives, that we convicted of sin. When we get angry, when we allow that anger, that emotion to overflow and, and, we, and we do something that we shouldn't do, when we are tempted and we fall into that temptation, when we're experiencing lust, when we invo- it's the Holy Spirit that will put His finger on and say, Lathan? Lathan? Lathan! Sometimes we have the Holy Spirit, you know, He's going to keep at, keep nudging, so that we know when to walk. Convicts us, exposes the error of sin. There's nothing that you and I can say or do on our own, alone, without the Holy Spirit, that will convict people of their sin. We can't talk people into the kingdom of God. We can't talk people into this amazing grace. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us. Yes, we are to speak, we are to live righteous lives, but it's the Holy Spirit conviction that brings us to that place. What about the next one? The Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23 out of the New Living Translation, it says, but the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, part of the mystery of this Trinity, God the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit. You want more love? It's the Holy Spirit that's going to help produce it. You want more joy? It's the Holy Spirit that's going to help produce it. You want more long-suffering? It's the Holy Spirit that's... You want to be more faithful? It's the Holy Spirit that's going to produce it. You want to be more in control of yourself? It's not just gritting your teeth and saying, I will be in control, I will be... It's the Holy Spirit that brings that in your heart and your life. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us form the character of Christ in our life. That's what the Holy Spirit... God, the Holy Spirit. Part of the mystery of the Trinity. What about the Holy Spirit giving us gifts? The Word of God says that He gives us gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So we can be a part of the family. So it's given to us for the common good. So as the body of Christ we can function. So as the body of Christ we have a part to play. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us to be a part of the family. We all have a part. We all have something to offer. It's not just for a select few. It's not just for Pastor Latham because he's so good looking. It's not just for Pastor Mark because... I'm thinking, wait a minute. It, for, because he's... Yeah, because he's Pastor Mark. It's, it's, we gifted. God has gifted us with gifts by the Holy Spirit. Part of the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Part of the mystery of the Trinity. What about the Holy Spirit revealing truth to us? John 16, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, when God the Holy Spirit comes, and He's the Spirit of truth, it says He will guide you into all truth. 
Have you ever been in a situation in a time where you think, boy, I just don't know what's true anymore. I hear this, I hear... Boy, whenever we get into these seasons of politics, it's kind of really even more confusing, right? What's true? What's true? How much debt do we really owe? We get so confused. What is true? We just don't know where we stand anymore with truth. All right? We struggle with truth today. There's untruth. There's half-truth. We just struggle with... There's a thing that is impacting the world today, and you probably have experienced and heard of it. You may not have even realized it. But the whole picture of being of relative truth. In other words, truth is relative to my circumstances. There's no definite truth. It's based upon me. What's true to me may not be true to you. What's true to you may not be true to me. That's not how God's that's not what God's word says. God's word is very clear about areas of truth. And it's the Holy Spirit, this mystery of the Holy Spirit, this mystery of the Trinity that helps us understand what it means to be true. What is, what is the truth? He will guide us into all truth. You're wanting to know the truth about something in your life? What is right? What is the right step to take? What is the right direction? Ask the Holy Spirit. Guide me into the truth. His word says that he will do that. That's part of his promise. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. And it says this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, an example of one of our weaknesses. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Church, family, that's a challenge to us. The Holy Spirit, part of the mystery of this Godhead, desires to pray, to pray through you, to help you in your prayer. That may be prayers, prayers that touch the heart of God. Prayers that touch the heart of God are, are prayers that are prayed in the Spirit. Desperate prayers. Anybody prayed a desperate prayer before? Let me give you an example of what a desperate prayer sounds like. Are you ready? Help! Can't get more desperate than that. Desperate prayers. Crying out for forgiveness. God, forgive me. Interceding for someone. Praying even a prayer that may be written out. A prayer that I've written or maybe you've read in a book. Or even as we pray the Lord's Prayer. A liturgical prayer. A prayer that is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Teaching us how to pray. Maybe it's a prayer in a prayer language. Praying in tongues. A prayer that I can pray that is a prayer in a prayer language. That is anointed and touches the heart of God. That ability to be able to pray. The Holy Spirit gives us that. The Holy Spirit challenges us to that. Part of the mystery of this God that we serve. The Holy Spirit helps us when we are in a difficult situation. I love this one. I love this one. Mark 13 verse 11. It says this. But when you are arrested and stand trial. Okay, I'm hoping that's not going to happen to anybody today. Alright. But if you're arrested and stand trial. Don't worry in advance what you're about to say. Of course, this is referring to the New Testament times where they were arrested because of their, of their belief. And by the way, church, we're not guaranteed that we will have freedom of religion even in the United States of America. And that we may be tested of, of our faith as well. But it says, don't worry in advance what to say. Listen to this. Just say what God tells you at that time. For it is not you who will be speaking but the Holy Spirit. 
Luke 12, 12 says something very similar. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Wow. Wow, that means I can actually be in a situation and I may not have all the answers and I may not know what to say. I may be in such a place, such a difficult place, that I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the understanding, I don't have the scriptures memorized from Genesis to Revelation. And yet the Holy Spirit promised me that He can come and He can speak for me. He can give me the words to speak when I need them. Part of the mystery of this God that we serve, this Trinity. God, one God in three persons. Three persons in one God. Now there's many other areas that the Holy Spirit can help us. The Holy Spirit helps us in our worship. Are you struggling to worship? Ask the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a corporate gathering like this or at home on your own. He helps us as our counselor, our helper. Our... He assures us of our adoption. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that confirms to you that you are a child of God. If you're unsure about that, if you're not sure whether you are a child of God, ask the Holy Spirit to confirm that to you, reveal that to you. This mystery of God. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor Latham, I'm not experiencing these in my life. I'm not experiencing this dynamic. I'm not experiencing this mystery of the, of the Trinity. I'm not experiencing God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in the way you're describing it. But I want to. My challenge to you today is this. Simply, ask the Holy Spirit to make these promises real. Take time to meditate, even on the scriptures that have been mentioned here today. And there are many, many more. How can I experience more of God? More of God the, Ho- God the Father. More of God the Son. More of God the Holy Spirit. Ask God for specific things in your life in terms of how this mystery of the Trinity can w- work out and, and you can experience that in your walk. You see, God's promises as we ask, because these things are promised by God, we can ask confidently and we will grow in our relationship and our walk with God God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What a glorious mystery for each of us. Would you bow your heads in prayer this morning? Father, Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we come to you today and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge of your word. We thank you for the mystery of who you are. We thank you, Lord God, that even within the mystery, you reveal yourself to us and that we can experience a supernatural, we can have a supernatural experience with you. It may be part of the just amazing grace of salvation. It may be our capacity and understanding in a greater way of this, this extravagant love of God the Father. For some here today, Lord, it may be just the simple truth of what it means to intimately have a friendship with God the Holy Spirit, walking day by day by day by day. But whatever part you're doing in our lives this morning, individually and then even as a church, we ask that you would continue to reveal yourself to us and that we would continue to take hold of that truth and see and walk that out in every way. And we give you praise for that, Lord. We pray it in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen.